of Jesus Christ and of the Word of God. So, as I as I, as I joked when uh, briefly when when Pastor James brought up the uh, the scripture from uh, Matthew six thirty three, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. Do you realize that all these other things makes up the vastness and the greatness of the Lord? And he's, he tells us that not in acquiring all these other material things, all these things by our human endeavor, but by seeking the kingdom and the righteousness that is in the kingdom. His righteousness which is Jesus Christ, that all these other things will be added to us as a unit because we know that there is unity in Christ and that it is the same Lord, the same baptism, the same Spirit that binds us all together and brings us into this family. So that was just, you know, he's already working in that. He was working in Psalm 150. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a better uh, opening to represent the vastness of God. He is in everything. We praise Him and we, we should praise Him if we are not. We praise Him for everything. For everything. So today, that's really what I'm going to talk about a little bit is um, what I'm calling, how can we, with our finite minds and, and, our, and our limited thinking, uh, how can we grasp the magnitude of how great God is and how expansive His love is for us? You know, at first, thought, we would say, we cannot. That was pointed out to me in a conversation I had this week with a, a, a love, uh, one of our, our sisters. And so we cannot, yet we are called to come to Jesus. We're called to come to him and lay our burdens upon him and rest in Him. And in that resting, guess what happens? We find that He begins to, the Spirit begins to minister to us His vast love for us. And I can tell you right now already, folks, that I've already deviated from some of the notes. But that's okay, because this is the Holy Spirit's time. This is God's time. And we're just here to worship in the Word. But I want to lay out for you first the Scripture that I'm going to use as our key Scripture from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. If you'll allow me to uh, speak that over us. And this is Paul writing, as you know. Uh, and he writes this. 
For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man. Now, that is just not the inner man, but the inner human is what we are referring to. And that Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Look around you, my friends. We're all sitting here. We're all saints. Not because we do good, but because we have experienced the good of God, the goodness of God. That's what a saint is. So, we find that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints, this is verse 18, what is the length and width, the height and depth of God's love. And to know the Messiah's love that surpasses knowledge, so you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's a mouthful, and it's a lot. I would say the key verse in that, that I would like to uh, attempt to uh, convey and converse with you on today is, chap is verse 18, that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love. Now, how can we do that? Because our finite minds are exactly that. We cannot comprehend in human thought, in our human capacity, what the vastness of God is. But in another conversation that I had this week when I met with Pastor James a little earlier, uh, we talked about that. And he said something in that conversation that I want to just relate to you. And it is that, yes, although God is vast and he is great. He calls us to seek Him and to come into conversation with Him. And that in doing so, the layers of His love and His vastness will be revealed to us. So we can't comprehend it or take it all in at one time. So how can we do this? Well, we can go back to the beginning and see how he expressed his vastness in creation. And if we look at Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through, 1 through 3, just starting there, what do we find? We have, in the beginning was God, and he hovered 
over the void and over the waters his spirit was about over the waters and then in the third verse we read and God spoke you know what he spoke he spoke the word into existence he said let there be light that is the very beginning and if you read through chapter one you will find that after that's that's his create his love is a creative love it's an active love we've heard about that already it's actively pursuing us it's actively making a way for us it's actively lifting us and causing us to seek so there is no time when God's love isn't working that's the nature of our God so when we read that chapter each of the creative acts that he comes through at the end of it he says was very good he saw it was good so what that means in the Hebrew as you translate it is that it was good for what it had been created for the purpose it had been created for it was a witness to who God's creative force was and is and then he creates man and man and woman and he says that's very good he says we'll make him in our image and he says that's very good he gives us dominion that's not a exploited dominion as we understand it as we interpret it from the Hebrew it is a benevolent dominion that everything works together and is created for what it was you know for good what it was created for that purpose to fulfill so now let's go forward to the New Testament John chapter 1 and verses 1 through 5 what do we find there I'm gonna go ahead and read that although I know we all know exactly what we find in John chapter 1 and that is we find Jesus we find Jesus in the beginning was the Word so the Word of God is Jesus he is the truth the absolute truth and the Word was God uh oh that's gonna mess with some folks how can you be the Word of God and God that's just the nature of our God that's how vast it is and then he says he was with God in the beginning the beginning of what the beginning of creation he was there he is the light that was there and he is the light that continues today he is the light that John brings forth and speaks of all things were created through him and apart from him nothing was created that is a create that has been created that's pretty vast nothing has been created that was created without him life was in him and that life was in was the light of men a light of men and then finally that light shines in the darkness 
yet the darkness did not overcome it. Powerful, powerful stuff. So, we've gone to the beginning. You know, I, I think we, as, as Pastor James had put out before and, and showed up, is that we need to be in the Word. And we were having this conversation the other night, um, and, and I was saying, you know, we, we need to read the Word. We need to read the Word in the text because the Old Testament and the New Testament both you know, show us Jesus Christ. He did not do away with the Old Testament, but he fulfilled the Old Testament. And now, in the New Testament, we have the law of love rather than the law of Moses. Such a great, great uh, thing to understand. So when you think about that, how do you think about that? But I, I, as I said, so this is another thing. So um, if, if we were to take a stock of all the translations of the Bible in this room, we probably have four or five. So that, the conversation turned to this. James is like, well, which one do I read? Pastor James said, well, which one do I read? You know what? I have such faith in the Holy Spirit that I don't think it matters. Because I believe that every translation has been with the Holy Spirit and that it has been to represent the veracity and the integrity of God himself. So I don't think that because I read King James, which some consider maybe not one of the better translations, but I read the New International Version, which some consider to be one of the better translations, that it makes a difference. As, as long as a child of God, as we are pursuing understanding God, we are invoking and receiving and yielding to the Holy Spirit's voice and movement in our lives. That's the only way we can hope to understand incrementally the vastness of God. So, I told James the other day, too, that I had started, uh, I've got a number of different devotionals, and, uh, and I had gone through several of them, and, I, and I've, I've put a couple of them aside, and I started, I went back to a couple of ones that I had old, and one of them, I didn't bring it with me, but one of them is, is, is a devotional that is solely based on the Old Testament. And it's, what would Jesus read? What would Jesus be reading? And so it takes us through the Old Testament. You know, we are so blessed to have this in the written word. You think about it, in, in, up till Jesus' time, they had the Old Testament scriptures in scrolls, and they had the prophets in scrolls, but most of that was relatively new, and it was, it was being compiled up until that point. And then you think about after Jesus ministered for three years and uh, went to the cross, the perfect recollection and insight of the Holy Spirit is what allowed the apostles to write the Gospels, 
and Paul to write his, his epistles and then on to Revelation when John was in exile for the word because they, there, was a, there was a government in place that was anti-Christ. They were anti-word of God. So he was out there so he wouldn't be executed. All of that was done with the Holy Spirit. It could not be done apart from the Holy Spirit. The only way we can understand the vastness of God is with the Holy Spirit. So let me just give you a couple of tools, if you will allow me, uh, based on that scripture from Ephesians 3.14 on being able to begin to uh, inquire of and receive the teaching of the Holy Spirit. And you may all have, and there may be a number of other ways. These are, these are just some that I have taken from that particular scripture and uh, that I want to just share with you that the, that the Lord has um, laid on my heart. But the fact is, friends, that there are, there are there's a, I don't want to say infinite, but when you look at creation, and you look at all God does right now and continues to do, there are so many different ways to understand God and his vastness and, and the love of Christ. But let me um, just go right back through this. First and foremost, if we, uh, if we look at this again, What is, the, what is one of the first things that um, Paul writes is he bows his knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. And then he gets into this, that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with his power through his spirit. So, the Holy Spirit is certainly a critical factor, if not the absolute factor in, in helping us to understand and to um, be able to relate and share this knowledge with other folks, but to understand the vastness of God's love. But even before that, he draws us to Jesus Christ. And Paul says this, that it, it, it affects the inner part of us. It, it, it strengthens us, the inner part of us. And that Messiah may dwell in your hearts. So Messiah, Jesus, who in John 3, 16 and 17, we know expressed the vastness of his love 
God said, I sent him not to condemn the world, but to save the world, the world of mankind. That whoever so believes in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. We could go on for weeks unpacking that statement. But that's not, that's not what I, I want. I, I, don't, I don't anticipate to do that today. But that only way, that's how the, the Spirit draws us that way. And Jesus laid his life out. And that's the vastness of that love. That he took all the sin of the world, squarely put it on his back. And this is how much I love you. This is evidence of what, I, of, of what I'm willing to do to, to, and that, that I love you so much that my only son. You know, back in the, New, in the Old Testament, when Abraham didn't even have this yet, didn't even have the scriptures written down, this was all verbally transmitted. We find in chapter 15, after he's been walking with God for a little while now, you know, he goes from the Chalde Ur of Chaldeans over to Haran. They settle in there for, we're not sure why they settled, but they settled because it must have been good land. So they settled. You know, oftentimes we settle for the good rather than seeking the best. And how can we seek the best? We seek the best in Christ. And through Jesus and the Holy Spirit leading us into that. But anyways, and we, we, we discussed this the other day, that uh, what if we didn't have this written word right now? What if we were in the same place as Abraham was? He's already moved from Haran now out to Canaan. And... Um, his, his nephew goes with him. This is a wise man. This is a man who's walked with God. This is a man who sees that the land's not going to take care of both he and his nephew's vast holdings and, and, you know, of, of cattle and, and sheep. So they decide, he says, hey, look, he defers to his nephew Lot. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. We, we can't have this, this, this conflict between our families. So, and if you go to the right, I'll go to the left. So they settle out. And that's after the whole incident where Lot finds himself down in Sodom and Gomorrah. And then he gets captured, taken by some other uh, some other kings. And then God comes down and he's talking to Abraham. So, you know, the outcry at Sodom and Gomorrah is so bad, I'm going to go down there and we're going to just, we're just going to blow it away. And, and, and Abraham is like, well, Lord, is that who you really are? Is that who you really want everybody to know you as? The Lord who smites everybody? What if there's uh, 50 righteous people in that town? Forgive me, Father, if I ask. Will you smite them if there's 50 righteous people in there? 
And we know that from the, from the testimony of the word that he continues to talk deferentially, deferentially. He isn't bold and brash about it. He just humbly says, well, Lord, forgive your servant. What if there's only 10? I will, not, I will spare them for the sake of 10 righteous people. And we don't have to go any longer, but that just shows you that God wants to have conversation with us. And how can we have conversation with God? We can have conversation through the Holy Spirit. And if we didn't have this word, could we believe what God says to us? Later on, in chapter 15 is when Abram became Abraham because he was still kind of questioning about, you know, having a family and having a vast nation. And God's like, hey, Abraham, come on out here with me. Come out out here. Come outside your tent. I want to show you something. Look up in the sky. You see how vast the stars are? I'm going to make you, I'm going to make your family so big that you, that you can't even possibly count the number of stars. That's how, how, that's how much family I'm going to give you. And then he goes and he covenants with them. And because Abraham believed what God told him, it was counted as righteousness to him. He, God, counted it as righteousness. So can we be the same way? Do we have hopes of being the same way? We have the written word. Can we believe the written word? I say we absolutely can. And how do we come to understand his vastness? and his fullness. We have to have Jesus. We have to have made a commitment to Jesus. We, we ask for the Holy Spirit. We come together. We journal. We write. We study. We share our experiences with one another. This is all part of the tapestry that God weaves together so that we may fully understand and fully begin to fully embrace what is the vastness and the depth and the height uh, and the width of his love for mankind for us and all the saints together so those are just some things that i've uh that i've noted down here uh, it's basically those are things that have always helped me and I just offer those to you. Uh, you may, each of you may have a different way of doing it. I mean, certainly going outside and just enjoying nature, working outside in nature. How many of you have been outside at a time when you were just you were working outside and you were just enjoying being outside and all you just thinking about how blessed you are that God is with you at that point. God's always with us. 
Um, so you take those little moments. We can't get, we can't do it all in one big gulp. We just don't have the capacity to do that. Our minds are feeble compared to God. But with the Holy Spirit, we can take slices of it like a pizza and another slice and another slice and another slice and before you know it you're ingesting this this magnificent love and it's in you and it's welling out from you and you just got to share it with somebody so that's the things that I want to uh, just relate to you today. Um, so we, 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 we really need to have Christ dwelling in our hearts. And how can we do that? We, we come to know Him and receive Him as Lord and Savior. And I once, I once stated that um, you will not know Jesus as Savior until you know Jesus as Lord and vice versa. You will not know Jesus as Lord until he's become your Savior. So it's, it's kind of a reciprocating circular thing. And that's all because of the Holy Spirit. So, and that's in a sense that what, that's what Paul says here. Paul says that may the, may the Messiah dwell in your hearts and may God pour out his riches and glory on you and strengthen you with the power of the Holy, of his spirit. And one final note, uh, I would like to just drop on you one more scripture that I think is a magnificent expression and beginning of how we might explore the vastness and the greatness of God's love for us. And that is found in Galatians 5.22. Isn't it something that Paul would be the one to have written this? But he didn't write it on his own. Be certain of that. He did not write it on his own. I think this is a, is a, is a beautiful expression and something that um, we might walk in in a way of preaching the gospel in our lives by our actions and our deeds and our walk in Christ. So, says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So there's, there's a lot to unpack there, but I think that is uh, begins to frame 
for us. Not that we put God in a box, but it begins to kind of frame for us um, that the understanding, the knowledge that God is infinite and that we cannot really, we can't box him in, nor can we hope to fully understand him in this life. Because it says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the, the, the chapter we all know as the chapter of love, at the very bottom he says, I see dimly now as if in a mirror, but one day I will see clearly. That day is when we're standing with our Lord and Savior. That's when it will be clear to us. There won't be anything hidden any longer. I just say, all glory to God. So, as we close today, um, let's all just endeavor to continue to explore. Let's be seekers, explorers, rather than settlers. And that's what Christ has called us to do. To seek Him. I do. Thank you, Lord. And read His Word. Share it with others. Walk in his, all of the beauty of his, the fruits of the Spirit. For he said, Paul said it, and you referred to it a little earlier. Uh, you know, I don't consider myself to have arrived or to have achieved everything, but I continue to discipline myself, to seek. And I do that by pursuing the upward call that is in Christ Jesus. And that's what I would just encourage everybody today to do so and continue to do so. And anytime, you know, God can take our doubts and our questions. He's big. He can, he can handle anything. He can handle it all. Don't don't ever be, uh, you don't have to be afraid that you'll be rebuffed. You won't be. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Praise your holy name. We thank you that we have the word today. We thank you that we have the scriptures, but we know that without the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and to help us to understand and teach us that we cannot simply understand it in our human curiosity, in our human intellect. And that when we begin, and that when, and when we separate Jesus from the words, that is when we begin to go into a precarious place in our lives. As 
we see in this world today that there is much of that going on. We separate Christ from the words. We separate Christ from the spiritual sense and the spiritual guidance. And we try to understand it in our human intellect, in our human thought, and with our common sense knowledge. And we find that we are unable to do so. So today we just once again ask that you would secure us and guide us as the word says into all understanding and to this and for this we commit ourselves to you and we give you the honor glory and praise in Jesus name Amen